You're listening to the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast, episode number 14. In today's episode, we are diving into what does fatigue have to do with it? So we're going to be exploring the topic of fatigue. So if you've ever wondered what it is, if you have it, what you can do about it, stick with us. Let's dive in. Well, women, it's time for a new perspective on women's health. A time to understand that your greatest wealth is your health. A time to make self-care your number one priority. A time to recognize that good health is the only way to live your best life and do all that you can in this world. So join me on this journey where we'll explore women's health topics from a medical provider's viewpoint. Have conversations about everyday healthy lifestyle options and enjoy interviews with other well women we can all learn from. It's time to demystify women's health and learn practical ways to apply self-care to every part of our lives. This is the Well Woman Lifestyle Podcast, and I'm your host, Michelle Broad, certified women's and adult nurse practitioner, daughter, wife, mother, and all-out women's health enthusiast. So you ready to start the journey? Let's go. Well, hello, ladies, and welcome back to another episode. And today we're going to be talking about that ominous word, fatigue. Yes, mysterious as it may be. And we've all had it, right? Because we've all been tired at some point. And for some of us, it may even seem like a daily thing and just a part of ordinary life. But in actuality, ladies, being tired is our body's way of telling us that our body needs to recharge, even if we ignore it, which a lot of us do. Sometimes though, the tiredness seems to stick around and no amount of rest can make it go away. This is when words like fatigue and exhaustion come into play and a simple everyday consequence of living becomes a crippling problem. So what is fatigue? The online Oxford Dictionary defines fatigue as extreme tiredness resulting from physical exertion or illness. So, the question then becomes, ladies, when does normal tiredness cross the line into fatigue? The kind of exhaustion that possibly needs to be addressed by your medical provider. Well, the answer is, if your level of exhaustion interferes with your quality of life and your ability to attend to normal duties associated with your work and home life, then yes, a full exam is probably warranted. However, There are really no uniform guidelines, ladies, because tolerance is always subjective. So if you have any doubts or questions about whether or not something is normal for you, it is always best to seek the advice of your medical health professional. Because let's explore this topic for a second. Fatigue can exist in and of itself because of continued overexertion, an unhealthy lifestyle. It can also coexist with or be a symptom of other underlying medical issues, which we're going to discuss later on in the show, or it can be a side effect of medications used to treat any number of disorders. Just as there is no easy explanation of the cause, there is no generic solution to be applied across the board on how to fix fatigue. There are things, ladies, that we can do to ourselves and that we do do that can bring on fatigue And since these represent simple causes 
I want to address those with you first. These are the issues that are most controllable and easy to remedy and would include things like overexertion, poor eating habits, and poor sleep habits. These are mostly things that don't require investigation to discover, right? Most of us know if we're working too hard, we're not eating properly, or we're simply not getting enough sleep for whatever reason. Knowing what the issue is and taking steps to remedy said issue are two entirely different things though, right? Because most of us know if we're overworking, we're not eating well, or if we're not sleeping well, but we just choose not to do anything about it, right? There's a lot of us out there. So remember to think about those things when you're looking at the address issue of fatigue. So what I want to talk about first is let's look at our activity level and how this plays a part in fatigue. We generally think of fatigue as a natural result of a high level of physical activity. It is the expected result of exertion, either in bursts, as with a professional athlete in a performance, in an emergency service personnel who's in a crisis, or even mowing your own lawn if you haven't done it in a while. Also, some types of employment are by nature more physically demanding than others, such as construction work and all those different types of things like that. Normally, this type of exhaustion is remedied with rest, a day off or a few days vacation and the body resets itself, right? Just as being physically active can make us feel fatigued or tired, it's also important to note, ladies, that a lack of physical activity can result in fatigue as well. And this one is perhaps not so neatly taken care of. This issue has a direct correlation with the type of employment one has. You know, while we live in a digital age, of course, and as a result of a large number of our jobs, most of us have sedentary lifestyles. According to Lenore Crosley of BuzzFit, a job is classified as sedentary if the employee spends the majority of their shifts sitting, lifting no more than 10 pounds, and standing and, wa- and walking no more than two hours of an eight-hour day. Now, for a lot of us, that's us, right? We sit at our jobs, we get in our car, we drive to our jobs, we sit at our jobs, we come home, we sit in our car to drive home, and then we get home and we sit. So a large part of our day, most of it, is being sedentary. And this in and of itself can cause some fatigue and tiredness, and we're going to see that. In contrast, a lot of sedentary jobs do require a high degree of mental alertness. So the effect on the body in this case is twofold. Continuous mental exertion in of itself will cause fatigue, resulting in lower concentration. The brain also needs adequate oxygen to remain alert. And this is where the lack of physical activity plays a part, hence the sedentary part. The less physically active we are, the lower our production of red blood cells. Red blood cells carry nutrients, oxygen, and glucose throughout our body to allow it to function properly. This is why it is often advised to take short breaks every few hours if you are stuck at a desk. WebMD goes on to cite a study that was done by California State University in Long Beach, California, which asked whether people were more energized by a high sugar or high carbohydrate snack or by a quick walk. The snack gave an energy boost quicker but the body burns through this fuel quicker. Participants actually had lower energy levels after an hour. By contrast, the participants who went on a 10-minute walk saw an increase in energy for up to two hours afterwards. Sugars and carbohydrates will give a more instant burst of energy, but that also comes with inevitable sugar crash. 
sometimes known as the two-hour slump or the mid-afternoon slump. But this can be a misnomer because this slump, ladies, can hit at any time of day if you've been sitting at a desk for a while without a break. There are some people on the other side of the spectrum who won't take breaks because they fear that it will cut down on their productivity. But actually, the opposite is true. Regular breaks can actually increase productivity because it refreshes the brain and thus concentration and thinking are improved. Author Nur Yal told Psychology Today that the part of our brain that drives us to complete our goals responds better with a quick activity break because it may renew and strengthen motivation longer. So for all my workaholics out there, take heed, get up from behind your desk and take a break. Then there's also the growing problem of people needing to work more than the standard 40 hour work week at one job, or they must work multiple jobs in order to make ends meet. And thus the adequate rest has become a rare commodity. According to one statistic reported by Business Insider, in the United States alone, ladies, there is more than 7.6 million workers were holding multiple jobs at the time that the article was published in August of 2017. So economist Komari Surkumar pointed out that the main reason people have multiple jobs is that no single job they hold provides a a livable income. He goes on to add that in a thriving economy, there should be an increase in the number of full-time employees and a decrease in the number of part-time employees or employees holding multiple jobs. So you may ask yourself, so Michelle, what does you know, holding multiple jobs have to do with fatigue? Well, it has a lot to do with fatigue because when you are working more, you rest less. That opportunity to rest becomes decreased, like I just said. And fatigue can lead to more health problems. And I know that not just a lot of my patients, but a lot of my friends also hold multiple jobs to create a full-time job or to bring in extra money. And when we're constantly going and going and going, we don't have the proper time to rest just because of the nature of what we're doing. So therefore, ladies, we must recognize when we cross the line between just being tired and feeding a serious problem. Because it's okay to be tired occasionally. It's okay to go a few days maybe without the proper rest or even a week if we're in you know a high intensity mode. But it's just not okay to be in that state all the time. Because a constant state of overexertion and fatigue can lead to health problems. It can lead to stress and stress leads to inflammation. And we've talked about inflammation a lot on the show that inflammation leads to serious illnesses. So Now that we talked about the first thing that we can control, and that's our activity level, either having too much of it and cutting back on it, or having too little of it and improving it, let's turn our focus to our nutrition. The second thing that must be considered when looking to treat continuous exhaustion is a big part is our diet. Because ladies, you know our society is increasingly dependent on highly processed foods. Burgers, hot dogs, and other items on the menu of fast food restaurants have become staples in many households. Microwavable meals are also increasingly popular as they can be grabbed for lunch with no packing necessary and, as you know, very little preparation to get ready to eat. All of these packaged foods and fast foods are normally high in carbohydrates, sugars, and salts and are poor in a source of vitamins and other vital nutrients that the body needs. Vitamin deficiencies, as well as, more importantly, nutrition nutrition deficiencies are a key cause of fatigue. 
and one that can easily be remedied by paying more attention to what we eat. Additionally, this nutrient-poor diet can lead to heart disease, hypertension, stroke, all of which in of itself can cause fatigue. Okay, now let's look at a part of our nutrition that has to do with our metabolism. How often we eat and how much we eat can affect this metabolism. And why metabolism is important is because our metabolic rate is how fast our body breaks down food and turns it into energy for fuel. Some of our metabolism is inherited, dictated by genetics, gender, and age, but some is influenced by exercise and dietary habits. Dietitians often recommend eating smaller meals more frequently. This can help speed up the metabolism and also help the body regulate blood glucose caused by fatigue. Oh, sorry about that. Going back, it can regulate our blood glucose by preventing sharp rises and drops. Having high or low blood glucose levels, ladies, can cause fatigue directly. Thus, a person suffering from diabetes may be more likely at risk for having issues of fatigue because their blood sugars go up and down. High sugars will also thicken the blood, slowing circulation and impairing the delivery of oxygen and nutrients. It can also cause inflammation. Low sugars, on the other hand, can also cause fatigue simply because glucose, a fuel for the body, is in lower supply. Right? So changing your diet may be a good thing. So what happens now? You've changed your diet, you've gotten more rest, and you're exercising more, but you're still unbearably exhausted. As we have seen, long work days, continuous physical labor, and irregular sleep or lack of sleep can all cause a feeling of tiredness. Normally, this tiredness or this level of fatigue, as you know, quote unquote, and sometimes they intermingle here, can be remedied by a night of sleep or proper rest. However, sometimes this does not fix the situation, and an underlying organic disorder may be considered that you need to take a look at. And that is when you need to make an appointment to see your medical provider because you may have something else going on that may be causing the fatigue, okay? So now let's look at other issues that can cause fatigue, from minor to serious, from blood disorders to heart disorders to depression. And whether you have any of these conditions, they can all be manageable with your medical provider. So the first one I want to talk about is anemia. Fatigue is often one of the symptoms of anemia. We most often think of anemia as an iron deficiency, but in, but in reality, there are many types of anemia. This blood disorder can be caused by various vitamin or mineral deficiencies other than iron or bone marrow disease, and it can also be a result of chronic liver problems. Some medications, such as anti-inflammatory medications, can have a direct effect on the production of red blood cells. There's also the hereditary disorder known as sickle cell anemia a type of hemolytic anemia that can contribute greatly to excessive fatigue. So how does anemia result in fatigue? Well, as stated previously, red blood cells carry oxygen throughout the body. Oxygen is necessary for the cells to produce energy. Poorly circulating blood causes oxygen levels to go down, and as a consequence, so do energy levels. If the organs are receiving less oxygen, they are not going to function as proper. So let's look at heart issues coming on the back of anemia. As you might expect, if blood and the circulatory system come into play, so does the heart. The heart moves the blood throughout the body. Think of a fuel pump in a car, moving gasoline through said car. If the movement of the fuel is impeded in any way, it affects the movement of the car. Compromising the heart will compromise the efficiency of circulation leading to fatigue. And if you have anemia, which is low 
oxygen to the red blood cells and that's circulating around the body, that can also cause additional problems as well. The next thing I want to address is chronic fatigue syndrome. Chronic fatigue syndrome is a poorly understood condition that consists of extreme exhaustion that cannot be explained by any other medical disorder and is not improved by rest or sleep. There are no definitive tests to diagnose chronic fatigue syndrome. The cause is unknown, and many experts believe it to be due to a combination of factors. So without a cause to zero in on, treatment instead focuses on symptom alleviation. Besides exhaustion, symptoms include severe reduction in concentration, memory loss, pain in your joints or muscles, poor quality sleep, and excessive crippling exhaustion following exertion. Then we're moving on to the well-known fibromyalgia, often confused with the chronic fatigue syndrome, and it often coexists with chronic fatigue syndrome. Fibromyalgia is also a poorly understood disease. Fibromyalgia's well-known symptom is widespread pain, but it can also include extreme fatigue, memory, and sleep issues. As with chronic fatigue syndrome, treatment is focused on symptom relief. Although now today they're using medications for fibromyalgia, such as Lyrica, um, there's other medications for chronic fatigue syndrome, and there's also medications for heart issues and for anemia. Now let's look on to a prevalent problem in our society, which is depression. It has been long known that depression has physical effects on the body. People who suffer from depression are often less active, and it has already been seen that a lack of activity can lead to fatigue. As it turns out, fatigue is one of the most prevalent presenting symptoms of depressive disorders. So there are three categories have been identified with depression, physical, cognitive, and emotional. The physical symptoms are previously discussed. There's a significant decrease in physical activity and physical endurance, lowering energy, feeling slow and sluggish, and having issues with sleep either not sleeping well or, in most cases, sleeping too much. As far as the cognitive fatigue, one could expect to see symptoms such as decreased concentration, attention, mental endurance, as well as slowed mental processing and thinking. The emotional fatigue would be characterized by such things as apathy and disinterest in activities that you once enjoyed. All of these combine to create a self-perpetuating cycle. So a person who suffers from depression, they withdraw, from activity, they have a lack of activity, as well as emotional stress brings on more fatigue, and fatigue comes up, which then decreases the mood further. So you've kind of got, I like to say what, two edges of a sword, kind of bad. So being depressed can cause fatigue, and then the actual symptoms of depression add on more fatigue. So it's kind of a, a dual thing there. So now let me talk to you about a few words about medications. So I am not a proponent of no medications, but I am a proponent of least meds as possible because I know a lot of people who just want to be on medication for every single thing that goes on. I'm here to tell you ladies this, if you haven't already figured it out. We are never supposed to walk through life without ever having an ache or pain. We are never supposed to go through life without having some anxiety or stress. That's just not life, okay? So we're going to have aches and pains. We're going to have ups and downs. We're going to have depressive days. We're going to have, you know, cuts. We're going to have broken bones. We're going to have all kinds of things. So we have to be prepared for them. And not every single thing that happens to us do we need to run and get medications for. Now, if you need medications, 
that's fantastic. Then take them if you need them. But here's the thing. Know what medications you're taking and know what the side effects are. Because 90% of all prescribed medications, other than supplements, come with side effects. And some of those side effects are fatigue and tiredness. So if your quote-unquote illness is already causing you to be fatigued, and then you start taking a medication that has a side effect of fatigue, then you're going to feel more fatigued. But at least you have an understanding of where it may be coming from. All right? So know what medications you're taking. Know why you're taking them. And if your medical condition is one in which you can do other things without causing you know, permanent damage to yourself, such as alternative things, then by all means, try doing the alternative things first. Like we talked about earlier, easiest things to change in our lives, ladies, is getting more sleep, eating properly, and having more exercise. Those are so easy to do, and they're not hard, and they are not expensive. You know, you have to work at being healthy. You know, and yes, it may be an inconvenience, but it's worth it in the long run. I see far too many people just get to the point of laziness where they just want to rely on medication to do the job for them. I have a neighbor who's diabetic, and he doesn't take his medication half the time, and I ask him why. And he goes, well, I just eat whatever I want, and if, if I feel like it, I'll just take medication, and I'll take more of it. He doesn't want to change his diet at all. He just wants to rely on medication. I see that time and time again. But here's the thing, ladies. Even if you have to be on medication, the healthier that your body is to begin with when you go into an illness, the healthier it stays. And the less side effects that you have from some of those medications, the healthier that your body is and the more that you choose to be healthy. So remember that. So we've seen that fatigue is a much more complex issue than would apparently you know, be seen on the surface. Clearly, the causes of fatigue are a myriad, and the prognosis for relief will be just as varied. Treatment can be as simple as a change in diet or exercise, just like I just said, or it can require an entire battery of tests. Relief could be immediate, or it could require constant monitoring and adjustments. In cases that involve a chronic illness, ladies, treatment often requires an individual to accept a new normal. This is not to say that you should be resigned to a life of unbearable exhaustion. With careful self-monitoring, the new normal could mean learning to manage your symptoms with a combination of conventional therapies, such as medications, home remedies, alternative therapies, and alternative therapies could include yoga, acupuncture, chiropractic services, massage, and or homeopathic over-the-counter supplements. So possibly the biggest takeaway lesson from this episode that I want you to walk away with is this, that the human mind and body are intricately linked and one can have a profound effect on the other. We've seen that in the case with fatigue. Sometimes it's mental exhaustion. Sometimes it's physical exhaustion. Sometimes that physical exhaustion can lead to (laughs) mental exhaustion. And sometimes our mental exhaustion can lead to our physical exhaustion. So what we think helps determine our level of fatigue. So be positive, eat healthy, sleep well, have less stress, and try to enjoy life a little bit more. And if the fatigue goes on and on and on, by all means, seek out the advice of a medical provider to find out if there really truly is an underlying medical condition that is causing your fatigue. 
And then if there is, learn about it. Like I'm always saying, ladies, I come at you so hard about certain things because for me, knowledge is power. When you understand what is going on with your body, you have power over it. You have actions that you can put into place. You see, knowledge is only power when you put it into action. If you don't know what's going on with your body, then you don't understand any of this stuff. So it's important that you know your body, that you listen to it. So if things seem out of place, you can say readily, oh, this is just not a norm for me. I, I know that. And you can go to your medical provider. And sometimes you can catch things early where you don't need to go on medications necessarily because you've been paying attention to your body and you're regularly checking in with it. So listen and treat your, your body with the proper respect that it deserves. And you will cut down in some of that fatigue. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of what does fatigue have to do with it? I hope you learned a few things and I hope that you are going to change some things. You know, maybe get a little more exercise, maybe eat a salad or two more, maybe sleep one or two more hours, you know, maybe listen to some more music, be happy. That's what life is all about. So until next week, ladies, I hope that you have a very blessed week and I'll talk to you then and bye for now.